Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome back for another episode. And today you are in for a real treat because I have with me Tamara Thompson. Uh, Tamara has uh, a business that we have not visited about on this podcast. So I'm really thrilled uh, to have the chance to uh, sit down and chat with you, Tamara. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. I appreciate you having me here. Thanks so much, Tom. Uh, Tamara, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background and what led you to found Broadcast Your Authority? Yeah, so video has always been something that's been a, a part of my life. It, when my dad started, you know, bought our first camcorder when I was seven years old, those big honking things you put over your shoulder, right? So video has always just been there. And, you know, it started making silly videos when I was younger with my neighbor. And then it got to the point where YouTube came out in 2005. And I, I, a lot of people didn't know what to do, you know, so we've had all these YouTube influencers that were just creating silly content, you know, maybe they're doing parkour, jumping off buildings, you know, <laughs> things like that. And I was doing, you know, silly content for a little while. And it got to be a point where my family um, basically said, you know, why don't you turn your passion for video into a career? And for about four years, I was like, no, it's just a hobby. It's just a hobby. My mindset wasn't really clear on, on that sense of being able to build, you know, a brand with it. And finally, I went back to film school and it, I got inspired by one of my instructors there who ended up introducing me to the famous director, Lynn Shelton. She's a great female director right now. She's got some great series on Hulu and some movies that she's directed with like Emily Blunt and a lot, a lot of cool people. And I was really inspired to actually go into, you know, I went, went to school for filmmaking and it, it ended up shifting though. It got to be the point where I wanted to share more people's messages more often. So I started directing documentary films and started winning awards and being asked to speak on stages and all these things like that. And so when I had this piece of content from these uh, documentaries, I actually posted them to YouTube and some of those stories went viral. And that's really, really, really shifted. I was like, wow, I could get more people's stories, more people's messages online through YouTube, right? And so it wasn't just having this experience. So I started with a production company, Tom, and then I literally shifted it into a content marketing agency because I saw the opportunity of growth with YouTube. But then being able to think about how can you turn this uh, content into other pieces of content? How can you maximize it to the most to have a content marketing strategy where, you know, it's actually organized and you can actually optimize it. So then we shifted a, a couple of years ago to make sure that we only focused on one system, which is YouTube growth optimization with a weekly show. So a video podcast that's repurposed into an audio podcast. And then all those micro pieces that, that were different, that were, you know, on brand and, you know, inspiring and things like that little teaser clips that could link back to a call to action, which would be your full length video podcast, YouTube episode, or repurposed content. Um, also lead into different things from call to actions for your business as well. So that's really where it shifted. We, we built this amazing agency where we work with coaches, entrepreneurs, celebrity influencers to help them stay on brand. And basically all they do is send in four videos a month and wham, bam, it's like, boom. But the first point, the, the first point of it though, is that we stay with the sense of 
optimization first. So a lot of people have the, the struggle of trying to create uh, content, right? Like they have to like think of the titles or the topics that they want to do. And our team actually helps with that first so that they have a direction. They have a clear call to action. We make recommendations for their setup for, you know, for market research, what's actually searched on YouTube, because you don't want to throw up things on YouTube and just hope it sticks like spaghetti on a wall. <laughs> so that's really what we focus on now. So I heard uh, about a ton and a half of things in that, but let me see if I can unpack a couple of them. One was passion. You were passionate about this, it sounds like, from a very early age, and you really viewed it as a hobby. And But you took that passion and was able to, I don't want to say repurpose that hobby, but certainly expand that hobby into a revenue-generating model. And, and one of the things that I learned, unfortunately, very late in life, but I try to convey now is... Uh, see the open door, but have the courage to walk through it. So was that a, a, a you know, you having to have some courage in yourself uh, to, to take that step to move to trying to create a business? Yeah, you know, it's what's really crazy. I won't go into my my deep, deep story here, um, but I, I consider myself a very resilient woman, very much an action taker. And um, there's things that happened in my life that allowed me to just think to myself, like, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. And the power of asking and doing led into so many more opportunities and providing value first and approaching people that I wanted to connect with to help um, build my influence too, but always step forward first with value first, like never, never asking anybody for anything in return or even expecting anything in return. And so like, I literally started doing things, example, when Twitter was like, Twitter was one of my vices for a while. So I was tweeting influencers first starting off with people that were on like American Idol and the voice, but I was focusing on, on the starving artists at that time. And so not a lot of them had the funds to hire me. Right. So I had created this entire web series about what life was like after the limelight. Right. And so I was directing the series, got it on YouTube, things went viral. And then I thought to myself, huh, I need to figure out ways to generate income with this. Like I'm building these really cool relationships. I'm creating this cool web series. We had some sponsors, but it wasn't really generating revenue, right? And so then it shifted. And then of course a show called Shark Tank came out <laughs> and then The Profit. And you know, I started following uh, things and understanding things and knowing my numbers and asking questions. So I started tweeting people like Lori Grenier uh, you know, from Shark Tank and she followed me back. Marcus Limonis, I started tweeting him offering some value there. Marcus Limonis followed me back on Twitter and then built that relationship. So it was just like, huh, Twitter was this area to be able to just actually connect with people in a real way. And it's not like necessarily their social media manager at the time, you know? And so it was just this, this vice that I utilized um, to help build those strong connections. And so it was just always one of those things where if someone said no, I'd say why <laughs> or ask why or or I say or I go in and approach it in a different way. They're like, huh, well, actually, maybe. So I was always like always pushing, being persistent, but in a, in a kind way where I wasn't like harassing people. But it was like, what can I do now? And it's been a lot of the ways that I built um, relationships and influence with other influencers that that, you know, people could come and be like, who the heck is Tamara Thompson? Like. But when somebody comes in and validates like, hey, Tamara's awesome. She's got a great company. I know, love, and trust her. We use her service too. Then it's instant credibility with those influencers that refer us. And so it's just been a, it's just been a crazy, crazy ride. It still is a crazy ride at times, but 
it's been able to help me um, and my team grow exponentially because it's one of those things where once you figure out delegation and building, that fear just never is really in me. If somebody asks me to, to do something, you know, or try something, I hosted my first event in 2015. I was like, let's just do it, you know, <laughs> start my own podcast. Let's do it. Let's post that video. Let's do it. But now I'd have to be consistent, <laughs> you know, things like that. It's just a mentality that I had because of such in, certain situations that happened in my life. And I just celebrated 10 years sobriety. And that's part of my story, but I won't go into that deep piece of it. But there was so much that went in on in my 20s when I sobered up at age 30 and I'm now 40. It was one of those things where I was like, huh, learning from these lessons got me into uh, an addiction with uh, entrepreneurship and business. And I just got so passionate about it. It wasn't just video. It was entrepreneurship and connections and masterminding and things like that and investing in myself and hiring my coach for the first time in 2015. Things like that that just was like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. I can. So nothing can stop me. You know, obviously we fail and fall on our faces at times and we have things that happen, but you have to just move on. You can't dwell on something. You have to either try again or just say that didn't work. Let's try something else or let's connect with somebody else. Cause that might not be a fit, you know? So that's kind of how my mindset is at this point. Like I went through so much that I just nothing. I'm not fearful of much other than jumping out of a plane and sharks. <laughs> I had 24 years on December 7th. Congratulations. So, um, my defining uh, event was I was uh, on a bicycle ride and got uh, taken out by a Hummer. Uh, oh my so I, um, I couldn't, I was pretty banged up and I couldn't leave the house except to go to physical therapy. This was 2010 and uh, I knew nothing about social media at that point. So I completely embraced that. I was a practicing mm-hmm. lawyer then around the practice of law and I created a worldwide practice literally out of my bedroom. Uh, And it started with one thing you mentioned, which was Twitter. And I still tell people, uh, Twitter put me on the map and properly utilized. I think it's one of the most powerful tools around. And back then I had no income. So all of my social media presence was, had to be at no cost to me and uh, Twitter fit the bill. So I was glad to hear you talk about Twitter, but it also sounds like one part of your, uh, well, now that I know about the sobriety, your program is service and service to others. And service doesn't mean you, you can't have a business around service, but you've incorporated service to others as part of your business model. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah. And that's one of the things that we have a, a really high retention rate because of building the relationships with our clients through our service base. Like we have a, a done for you service, right? But it's it's so much more than that. It's it's really about connecting the dots for them and going above and beyond. And that's why we've re- we have raving fans and testimonials saying, you know, they care, like they genuinely care. Our team, you know, our producers, our relationship managers, they answer the questions. You know, you could hire a team, a content marketing agency or agencies that people are, you know, I like to hire people and delegate out to team members that are also passionate about their role. And they have to be a fit for our team to be able to um, communicate well with clients and understanding their strengths so that, you know, like having a relationship manager be able to answer any questions and be available, you know, to our clients Monday through Friday has just been really helpful for them because 
I don't know about you, Tom, but you know, I've hired agencies and things like that. Maybe their communication just isn't there or it just doesn't seem like they care, you know, they're like, Oh, here's your, here's your product. It's done. Oh no, sorry. We won't do that. That's not an agreement where we might be like, sure. We'll, we'll help design additional graphics for something that has nothing to do with your show, but maybe you have a launch coming up. So our graphic designers are over here doing some fun things going above and beyond of something that's not in their agreement, like for social media, things like that, or making introductions for them to be on other podcasts. I've been on lots of um, great podcasts and I built relationships with other people that want people on their shows. And they say, Hey, Tamara, anybody that you refer that we know has, you know, met the guidelines of our show, we'd love an introduction because we know that, you know, from your experience of us working with you and getting to know your personality and values, we trust you to say, hey, make that introduction for it. We'd love to have that person on your show. So we're making introductions for our clients. You know, it's not in our service, but it's just something that we just do. It's just, it's, you know, you make an intro and a text or something or email or Facebook messenger, whatever that looks like, you know, I had a, a gal on my show last week, She's hit 1.2 million subscribers um, on TikTok. And she's a very professional woman. She's actually a news anchor, but she's leveraged uh, TikTok to build her personal brand. And I asked her too, I said, hey, you know, are you looking to get on other podcasts? I'd be happy to make some introductions. She was like, I'd love that. And so then I started saying like, well, I'm going to ask you first what you'd like to actually be on, right? Like if it makes sense to you then you say yes or no. And then I say, this is what I, I suggest. And then I'm going to go to my clients and say the same thing. Do you want a, a awesome, like kind, humble, you know, TikToker that can talk to you about how to build your business with TikTok, things like that. So it's just always like figuring out, connecting the dots really <laughs> with people in general. And so it's the same thing with business. So that's how, that's how I lead with it. So the other thing I heard, which I uh, actually discovered in doing some research for this podcast is you have a process. And part of the business model for your clients and customers is a process. As I was wondering if you could just gen- or briefly describe that process and why you think having a process is not only the key to your success, but why it's so important. Yeah, no, when you have systems in place and over the years, like we always have to shift or figure out what makes sense. So it's always asking the clients like what they enjoy about the process, if they feel like anything could um, be different, you know, things like that. And so it's like always taking, always asking your clients what they need and want and how we can adjust. So when we started the agency uh, a couple of years ago, it literally went from, we were only focusing on YouTube optimizational content that was repurposed into audio podcast, which then is passed up to the design team, bloggers, and so on. So creating all these massive pieces of content, right? So we have our, basically our project managers that lead grab the video, transcribe. I'm not going to go to all the process, but you have to have those pieces in place so that you pass off to the right team member at the right time. So video comes in, transcribed, passed to the, the blogger, uh, passed to the video editor, uh, things like that. But it's, it's one of those things where you have to have all those pieces in alignment um, for that. But what happened was a lot of people were like, do you guys do social media? And we're like, well, no, we didn't really want to at the time, you know, I was like, no, we wanted to be the content machine that was just like, here's the stuff, boom, boom, boom. Here's an implementation guide that our copywriter provides for you. So it's a plug and play system for uh, social media so that their social media manager can just take 
listen, I mean, it's a, such a detailed sheet that they could just they basically copy and paste. Here's your hashtags. And they say like, what piece of content goes where? Graphic number one, Facebook. Graphic number two, LinkedIn. And they're all designed differently. So it's not showing the same thing on every different channel. I don't know about you, but I'll go to somebody's page and it's like the same video clip, same picture, same everything, like boom, 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 everywhere. And then it's unique when somebody can go to my LinkedIn profile or Facebook or, or Instagram, and it's it's different. It's related to the same topic for that week, and the call to action is the same, but it's a different uh, piece of content. So it's not just the you know. <laughs> so we have this system in place for our our team members, and we added the social media component for posting and scheduling and interacting in stories. Um, as an upgrade, an upsell, because some people are at a level in their business that they have a social media team and they can just plug and play. Or they, they ask like, hey, I don't have a social media manager. My presence is like crickets. <laughs> can you help me? So that's really what we focus on. So we have very structured outline details delegation each week uh, for our clients. They know when they need to provide their assets by what topics to pull from the market research from our team doing the SEO search for YouTube topics first, and then kind of go through that. So yes, it's a mouthful, but you can get the gist of how it has to be in a certain system and certain people are in charge of certain roles and then they pass it off to uh, the next person. So our team uses Asana. So it's a task manager system so that everybody knows and can communicate in one spot, you know, so then they pass it off. Boom, boom, boom. So it's just, it's important to have a system because if you're just trying things and you don't get consistent with it, it just really, you can't scale. Like, it, you, I mean, you can in certain ways, but if you don't start delegating out at some point, there's a lot of people say like, oh, I'm a self-made millionaire. What is a self-made millionaire? You know, I would say, no, I would say I delegate out you know, to build my influence. And yeah, I might be the face of the company or CEO or build relationships, but there's so many people working behind the scenes. It's not, it's not just me over here building relationships. You have to build and delegate out in a specific way and give credit to your team members too. So what are um, maybe two or three of the top challenges uh, you uh, have overcome uh, literally as not simply founding this business, but now I'd like to maybe move towards the different areas of expansion you've talked about, where you've moved into social media, you've moved into more than just um, delivering content. What are some of the biggest challenges that you think you've overcome or even scaling up your business? Yeah, I think probably like, I think being able to, for myself, you know, in the beginning, I was, I'm an action taker, you know, fairly domineering, you know, I have a strong personality. It was for me, like being able to step back and say that, that for, well, this was years ago first, probably like saying that I needed help, that I needed to delegate and things like that. But I think with uh, the, the struggles of scaling on the, like being able to shift your business model and staying on top of things like we're actually really good at being able to keep track of what's popular in the marketing trends for YouTube and staying on top of that. Um, but I think the growth piece of delegation, like understanding and finding the right people for a team, like understanding their core values, their strengths, what's their love language. Like literally like you want to find people like a lot of our team members, they're like me where it might be like uh, words of affirmation is my, one of my top love languages. Right. So I like appreciation. I like, you know, 
when people thank me, you know, when, when our, our team's done something like amazing and put so much effort into that, it makes me feel good. So when we hire out and we do like the disc personality test and then we have them take the love language test because I want to know what they value. Do they want to be appreciated? Do they like gifts? <laughs> you know, like, do they like challenge? Do they need to be challenged? Um, and, and just fully understanding and stepping back as a non-reactor when things happen, like, cause people can be like, Oh, you know, in business and be like, Oh, that person didn't hit a deadline or this is going on. Like you have to approach it in a sense of like, Hey, like I, I noticed, you know, this has been kind of slowing down a little bit or you're not necessarily hitting your deadlines. Is there anything that we can do to help? Like, is it maybe a storage issue? Can we get you an additional hard drive? Is, is it a render issue or processing on your computer? asking like why they're not performing to their best of their ability and peak like that they were a year ago. You know, like you have to keep your team motivated if it's, you know, a gift, if it's a bonus, if it's a day off, if it's a raise um, and figuring out that piece. So I think that's been like the, the I actually enjoy it though. I like, it. I like to learn and get challenged and I guess in certain ways, but I think the delegation piece has been the strongest and hardest piece finding those that are passionate, um, but also get the work done. Right. So they have to have, they have to fit in with the team and be able to work together instead of trying to have these people that are off, like doing their own thing. Like you have to be able to communicate. So I think that's the biggest strength when we've been scaling is just, um, the learning how to understand personalities. You've, you've talked a little bit about how I think you're expanding out your influence and that's certainly, uh, making introductions and providing a value that's uh, beyond what might be in the written contract with your uh, customers and clients. But I was wondering, um, do you have any uh, initiatives where maybe you work with younger women uh, who are um, just getting started or others who uh, have a hobby and a real passion around that hobby, but haven't yet figured out how to maybe move forward to either monetize it or just decide that uh, they're going to make the step that you made? Yes, actually, we do have clients. Um, we do we do ask them specifically, like, are you a startup? Are you new to the entrepreneurship side? And you know, some of them, like, I don't ever want to turn people away. Like, I want them to to say, like, you know, I'm in this for the long haul because that's how I was. So when I find people that that are passionate about, it, they're like, I commit myself to doing this to grow my business. I take strategy calls with these clients uh, more so than some of our other clients sometimes because. I want to say, first off, do you have a funnel in place? What's your core offer? What, what does this look like? What does this look like? I want to make sure they have something in place before they, they hire us um, or at least guide them into a way that they can monetize it. So an example for one gal, she's got a virtual uh, show. It's a virtual uh, children's books reading, right? So let's just say Reading Rainbow. Um, since re- Reading Rainbow, this show's on, on YouTube, right? And so we, we, she, she still, this is her side hustle, she has a job, but we're like, well, let's get you the ability to get sponsors so you can cover the cost of our services and then some and be able to provide that value. So we, I taught her how to monetize with getting sponsorships for her show, for these book readings with all these children's authors. That's just one example. And another example is a gal that dove in. She's a health, health advisor. She's you know motivated and she's got a clean eating for kids um, program. Right. And so that's a very searchable topic, clean eating, and now add that for kids aspect in the searching content. 
which is great. So she populates for cleaning for kids at the top of, you know, her searches, which is great, but she's building, um, I taught her how to connect with influencers and get more influencers on her show so that they, um, if she provides value first to them to try out some of her program first for, for value exchange and then to share it out. You know, some of her podcasts have gotten thousands of views and she's newer to it because she was able to build a relationship with some influencers that believe in clean eating and that are healthy and they're athletes and they're Olympians and things like that. So I told her, I was like, this is the structure that we should do for this. Test this out. Like, let's figure out this model. So I love business in general, just finding out the right funnel and things like that. So, so really it could be anybody They just have to be motivated and they have to have some, a clear call to action, clear purpose on where, where they are, why they're doing it and what their offer is. So I'm always love strategy. I, I consult companies as well, but it's just, you, you need to just have that clear focus and that vision and we can help strategize what that call to action is and what those topics are for your show. And if you want to bring on guests, um, guests that have influence to help you build that and build that relationship with them too. Well, let me point that vision back at you and ask you, what's your vision for maybe 2025 or even beyond? And how are you going to use this influence to help achieve that vision? Yeah. So I'm at the point where um, I can comfortably do other things. So I'm really passionate about golf <laughs> and I've been playing since nine and I actually bonded with, uh, Randy Zuckerberg. Um, I actually hired her as my keynote a couple years ago and she took up golf about six months ago. And we've been talking about doing some, uh, golf experiences together too, and being able to help and give back to women business owners and get more women in golf. Uh, cause people feel, you know, you know, intimidated, I think at times. So that's like one thing that I'm doing because I really do like to help. We work with men and women, but I really do enjoy helping more business women in business get, you know, broadcast their authority online. But there's one way that, that I want to give back and, you know, give back to charities. Every time I have an event, we choose an, uh, a charity that helps give back to women in business. And so a couple of years ago, we gave back to um, actually a 10 year old's charity where she was helping young girls get, you know, eyeglasses, dental care, things like that. So there's always a connection of giving back and value and, you know, things like that. So that's one area that I'm looking to build influences with uh, the golf space that I'm passionate about it and build that relationship with, with Randy and continue that. We're actually golfing next month for her birthday out in California. So I'm excited about that. And then another way I'm building influence is connecting. I just went into uh, commercial real estate investments. And so I built relationships with some of my friends there that I know, love and trust that have built very successful real estate businesses and investing in business or real estate. And so I'm excited about that too. So it's just like being able to be known for different things and just connecting with people in different areas is just really cool. Cause you can text somebody out and be like, Hey, can you introduce me to so-and-so? And most people will be like, how'd you do that? I was like, well, I built a strong uh, foundation and relationship with this person first. And I don't ever ask for anything. Occasionally I'll ask and they're like, sure. You know, <laughs> like it just doesn't come up, but they're like, they're like, why don't you ask more often? I was like, cause I don't, I don't need anything, but this is what I'd like to do. And this is why I want this introduction because I want to help more people. So that's my, my bigger goals uh, next year or so. So, Tamara, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted to follow up uh, about any of the topics you've raised or any of the information you've given out, how could they do so? Yeah, if they're interested in learning more about our content marketing agency service, 
you can go to broadcastyourauthority.com and connect with um, my team on that aspect. If you're looking for connections on social, I love Instagram. It's Tamara Thompson official over there. I just got, <laughs> I just got hooked on clubhouse recently. And that's uh, if you're in there and have the iPhone app and have an invite, then I'm just Tamara Thompson. Um, you can always ping, ping on Facebook too. It's not my favorite platform, but yeah, probably reach me better through Instagram myself. Or like I said, if you're interested in the service broadcastyourauthority.com. So you have a free opt-in checklist. Could you tell our audience a little bit about that on your website? Yes. So that gives uh, basically some tools. If someone's looking to get going with um, YouTube and they want to know some of the things that can help them actually optimize it, I think there's about seven tips on there that you can actually go in and look at and figure out like, you know, what are some of the things that I need to do? Because YouTube's really picky. So it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so you need to be able to optimize it. Right. And so some of these things on the checklist are just going through, um, just explaining a couple of things that you're going to need to actually optimize a video on YouTube correctly. So Tamara, this has been just a fascinating interview. Uh, I've really learned a lot and uh, I hope we can continue the conversation at some point. I'd love that, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate you. And I'd like to say a word about our sponsor, King Raj. King Raj is one of the top uh, uh, consulting firms that helps help company garner influence. So check out his website, but more importantly, you should schedule a uh, session with him. You can do that at www.bookingkingraj. So check out King Raj. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.